What's up everyone and welcome once again to another instalment of the Just an Insight podcast. This is episode number 11 and this week is a bit of a special one. Uh, but first of all, the introductions. My name is Tim Birkbeck. I am a writer. I'm a lover of films, music and wrestling. But most importantly of all, I'm your body and vehicle through this podcast. So for those regular listeners, uh, you'll be aware this has come out a day later than normal um, because I've just been pretty busy over the weekend um, and didn't get a chance to edit everything. So, But we're here now and yeah, it, it's a bit of a doozy of an episode, this one. Um, as always, I'd like to give a little rundown of my week gone by. Uh, and as mentioned, I've been pretty busy, been, been doing some pretty cool stuff. Uh, went and saw the film Get Out the other day, which was absolutely phenomenal. Cannot recommend it enough to anyone. Uh, if you get a chance, go out and see it. Um, I won't give any too much details or any spoilers or anything, but I have written a review of it. So if you want to check that out, it's over on the website, which is justaninsight.wordpress.com. Uh, then at the weekend, uh went out for a nice little family meal for my brother's birthday. So shout out to my brother happy play birthday for monday um and then sunday i went to uh the progress show chapter 46 which is up in london uh in camden at the electric ballroom uh which again if you're a wrestling fan when it's on their demand service go check it out like it was for their fifth uh anniversary which was incredible and trust me it's well worth watching if alone just for the jimmy havoc uh will osprey the fans bring the weapons match because probably hands down one of the most brutal matches I've seen live uh, but it was just nuts like there was uh, a pinata there was donuts there was barbed wire there was even a grandfather clock so yeah <laughs> if that hasn't sold you then I don't know what else will uh, and then Monday which is my evening that I usually edit this show but I was actually doing proper work I went to see a play which is called uh, The Curious Incident of the dog in the night time uh, which was on at the mayflower theater in southampton um now i wouldn't exactly call myself uh, a theater connoisseur or anything I, I like going to the odd play um but it was bloody brilliant like everything they did was really cool i uh, was really invested in in the characters of the show uh, was captivated throughout it and yeah again just something if you get a chance and you're into plays go check it out um and i actually did a review for this for my quote-unquote proper job um so if you want to go have a little read of that it's over at basingstokegazette.co.uk uh, so and that's the first time i've actually mentioned my real job so you can now all go stalk me if you so wish and so are so inclined anyway right on to today's episode and as mentioned at the top of the show it's a bit of a special one so uh today's just an insight podcast is brought to you in association with already heard uh, already heard is an alternative music based website uh, which brings you features reviews interviews exclusive content of all your favorite punk hardcore metal and pop punk bands uh, you can find all the work of their awesome writers which includes myself uh, over on their website which is alreadyheard.com and obviously you can find them all different social medias so uh, facebook.com forward slash alreadyheard uh, on twitter it's at alreadyhearduk uh, and on instagram if you just search alreadyheard all one word pop up give them a follow they've got some awesome live shots and things like that uh, which are taken from their photographers and their editor sean who's a pretty rad dude um but yeah if it wasn't for already heard this little chat would not have happened and i'm really thankful that they got gave me the opportunity to speak to uh ed gibbs and paul green from devil sold his soul uh, ahead of the band's upcoming uh tour which is celebrating 10 years of the release of their debut album a fragile hope 
Uh, now this is a, a really cool one for me because Devil Sold a Soul, uh, well, one of the bands that I was listening to quite a lot when I was in college um, and A Fragile Hope just came out when I was sort of going from college into university. So that album had a lot of plays when I was in university because being the the metal emo kid that I was in my halls with a bunch of indie chav guys, then you want to play loud music and you want to play it fucking loud. So that's what I did. Um, anyway, again, babbling. Um, so yeah, it was really cool to to sit down with the two front guys, uh, discuss the importance of the album. Uh, we spoke about Ed leaving the band four years ago. Uh, obviously, he's back now to, to do these shows, whether he'll stick around afterwards, we'll wait and see. Uh, talk about Paul filling those shoes that Ed was left and kind of the, the whole situation that left him in. But yeah, I won't go into too much detail because obviously it's going to be all covered in the, the little chat I had. So anyway, I hope you enjoy the, the chat I have with Ed and Paul um, and I will see you guys on the other side. So I am now joined by uh, Paul Green and Ed Gibbs, which are the two vocalists which will be doing the anniversary show for Devil Sold His Soul. Um, guys, how are you doing? Very good, my friend. How are you? Yeah, I'm. I'm not too bad. As as I said before, just like kind of winding down from work. And Ed, I understand you've just got in, so you must be must be pretty knackered. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so obviously, the reason kind of we're talking about this is obviously the the ten year anniversary of a fragile hope. Um, Ed kind of wanted to speak to speak to you about kind of coming back into the band and revisiting the yeah. band. So for for you, obviously, ten years ago when you wrote the album, did you yeah. ever think that you'd be back at this stage doing an anniversary show? Uh, it's, it's hard to get into your mindset back then. I mean. I probably didn't think we'd be a band in 10 years. Yeah. But, I mean, 10 years is a fucking long time. It's not like... Yeah, I, 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 it's not something that I ever would have thought about at the time, really. Like I said, it's a good time. It's a long time. It's a long time. <laughs> and that's, that's a third of my life. Yeah. At that point. And so, yeah, I mean, at the point where we wrote it, that, that's half of my life at that point. So it's all, you don't really think in terms of what you're going to be doing in half of your life. <laughs> yeah. And Paul, for, for you, obviously, when the record came out, what what did you kind of think of it and what is initial kind of impact? around in the scene quite a lot back then as well with um, Arusha and other bands so I, I actually bought A Fragile Hope on the Shops which is kind of mental that we're now doing the, the shows um, it was just different it was different at the time it was like the ambience that heaviness uh, not a lot of bands were doing that back then I don't think I knew any bands that were doing it back then and I was mostly into like skate punk and stuff when I was growing up so the progression into metal that was one of the, maybe one of the first or more metal albums that I I kind of got into, I guess, mm. um, which is a weird thing to say, also. But it's it's true, and it was um, it was great watching the guys play live down at my local 
my local dive of venue yeah. <laughs> and uh <laughs> You were a number of times. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we played. Uh, I think it's a Renoa Faye Komodo tour. We played with you on. We played with you at Mini Fest as well. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that was the one, yeah. Trowbridge. Um, and yeah, it's a couple of times back in the day. Yeah, it was good fun. Yeah. yeah. So, and... God, it's been so long ago. It's so long. <laughs> I've lost so much hair. <laughs> <laughs> and for, for yourself now, Paul, obviously. Is it a bit surreal that you're kind of going to be now on stage, like singing those songs? Yeah, it is. And to be honest, when we were down in, um, so we practiced for the first time in the weekend, which was, it was kind of, like, I haven't learned all the lyrics yet. I haven't learned all my parts yet. We're just working through it gradually. But um, it was wicked. I'm not going to lie. It was like so much fun. And as much as it's kind of bizarre doing doing a playthrough of a song, an album that someone else has written, it's just wicked. It's like I'm doing Ed Gibbs karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, genuinely, though, it was it was just it was the most fun I've ever had at Bambrex, I think, last week. Yeah, it was really good. And Ed, for for yourself, kind of revisiting the tracks, is is it kind of like riding a bike that you, you've just kind of gone straight back into it, or is it is it taking a bit of time now revisiting it, re- rehearsing it, and things like that? In terms of the songs, they're just sort of ingrained in your memory. We we talk those songs within an inch of their life, so it's all it's yeah. just in my head. But the main thing was that I haven't I haven't really sung for the past four years. So last October I started practicing again, and the first noise that came out of my voice when I started trying to scream was just a. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the same for everybody when they, they go back to it after a while, mm. right? I remember going that's into the right. studio to like to record a record in. I hadn't screamed for, I don't know, like a year or something like that because we just haven't played shows. Yeah. And I, it was just like a strangled turkey. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just the way it goes. You'll be fine, oh. man. Like, you're gonna be, you sounded so good in, in the studio. It was like, yeah, wicked. So, <laughs> you. smash it. <laughs> and... Was it when you kind of first went, went into? Because as you say, it was the first rehearsal you had. So, Ed, was there any sense of nerves at all that you were like, as you say, first time you kind of done it in in four years, or is it almost like comfortable again? It was comfortable going in and hanging with all the guys. I would be lying if I didn't say I was absolutely terrified when we first started. So I think you guys started playing, and I was like in the corner, like basically shaking, like oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> But as soon as we started, like, started getting into it, maybe by like, the second song or something, it's just it's like, oh yeah, it's just really, really fun. And the funny thing is about the songs is that they're so dark and sort of just relentless. And I remember at the time we played them for so long, because obviously when you first put a record out and you don't really have the back tackle behind it, you just play those songs just night after night. Yeah. We must have done those songs for three years until Lesson First came out. And we started playing a bunch of songs before the album came out because we only had the EP, so we had to sort of write these songs to get them into the set before we even put them. And because they're so dark, I remember being just before, where, as we started writing Lesson Curse, I was in, it was just felt really dark and really claustrophobic. Then we started writing the next sort of set of songs and we kind of started doing a lot more variety and it was like, really nice to go out into sort of a bit more of a 
certain atmosphere of diamonds in the songs. But coming back to them now, it's just because it's been so long since we really, really played those songs. And uh, even Paul, I mean, Paul, you played a handful of them, maybe? Yeah, like four, three, three of them, three of them. Yeah. Oh, hang on, Hope, Hope Dawn, starting, and yeah, four, four. So and uh, Storm. Yeah. yeah. And just our practice of the day is just completely. But yeah, but it was just a completely different mindset. I think potentially for everyone. I think we're just a bit older, and it's been a long time since we played the songs. It was mm. Really, really, really fun. And I can't emphasize that enough. It was just really, really fun. Yeah, it was cool. And I'm, I'm sure it's going to get for me more nervous towards the time when I realise I don't know all of the lyrics that I need to know. It sounds like a noise on record anyway. Yeah, bah, I that. Uh, but the thing is, uh, I've always had a str- I've always struggled with lyrics, and I remember the first shows I did after like, the French shows, oh, and, I, and I, I, I would totally shat myself before we did those shows, and it was only a month <laughs> or two to learn everything, mm. and um, I lit I just screwed up so many lyrics <laughs> uh, I, it's just it's just unbelievable how many the, the, the shit volume of stuff that you had to learn it was scary like um i mean i i just come out of like a three-year exile from music and um that was yeah it's pretty mental but this is kind of on the same sort of what i wait that uh, same sort of theme but it's half the lyrics have you kind of discussed how you're going to be splitting lyrics at all yeah first thing we did so so without kind of giving too much away are there certain songs where like one of you's got like more dominant or, or is it is it kind of a 50 50 split it really does isn't it yeah it's totally um, we, we, we spoke about like certain bits that we wanted to sing so I think the beginning of Dawn and the stuff you really wanted to do, Ed, and I, I really wanted to do like the lead line in the starting chorus at the end. But that was about it. It was just like everything's free a free for all, and it sounds wicked. Yeah. <laughs> and we, uh, we, we, cool. we may be doing a couple of other tracks as well. We might not be. I don't know. We're scared. Um, and we split those up, and they, but it's just it's just just wicked. In fact, we split one up in the practice without actually splitting up. And yeah, we just <laughs> <laughs> you next, you next, and it just works it's so yeah. well. So um, yeah, bring it on. This is gonna be wicked fun. And Paul's uh, green and I'm yellow. It makes sense. <laughs> Surnames and all, you know what I mean. Obviously, Gibbs is And obviously, like you mentioned, then like you might kind of be doing other tracks because obviously I know that the album in its entirety I I don't remember mentioning that well (laughs) I don't think I said anything about other songs okay okay (laughs) let me let me rephrase (laughs) obviously the the album itself is quite quite a lengthy album so yeah have you kind of practiced any other tracks for a potential extras or is that something that you're not willing to give away uh well when's this interview going out (laughs) it will be before the tour Okay, well, I think it's fair to say that it would we'd do some stuff, but we're not going to say what. Okay, <laughs> that's no, 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 that's 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 fair enough. I guess because you can't, you you want to keep some some cards close to your chest, don't you? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, we've got to. It's um, it's all we got. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
Um, We've got to sell those extra 83 tickets for London, otherwise we're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> and again, Ed, kind of going back to yourself, obviously, when the, the album kind of came out, it was very sort of different to, to what else was around. And your and your vocals, for, for me personally, were kind of what made the record stand out. So for from a fan perspective... <laughs> no, 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 not at all. But like, for, for, from a fan perspective, do you, do you think there's kind of a bit of pressure on you to to kind of bring your A game at these shows at all? We, we're, bo- we're born with it. Paul's going to come in and shout now, but Paul is a seriously excellent vocalist. And it's yeah, kind of... shut up. <laughs> <laughs> You're the best. <laughs> but I mean, it, it, it's, I, I just want to be as good as he is, so that it's like, just good. You know, I mean, I, I just want to do it. All, you, all you've got to do is listen back to what we did at the weekend, and it's just, it, you were well good. And you think about not singing for like, and not singing it in a practice when you have to scream and sing, and then coming back and smashing it out and nailing every note and like nailing every scream. It's just you can't buy that shit. You know what I mean? It's like that's really that's ingrained talent. So um, there you go, man. We're gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be really good. It's just I need to remember these lyrics. It's just the lyrics. Yeah. That's all I need to know. I can scream the I can scream the parts. I know how to. The noises are. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it sounds on the record. It's just like yapping. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then um, another thing, obviously, Ed, you you've been away from kind of music for for four years, but obviously, Del Sol to Soul kind of carried on and continued, and there was other records that you'd done with just yourself, Paul. So when there was kind of the initial talks of doing this ten year anniversary. Uh, and obviously, we mentioned this a little bit beforehand, Paul, when we, we were just waiting for, for Ed, that other kind of original members are going to be potentially at shows, and I, I don't know whether they're going to participate, but was there always a, a conscious thought of, we want to get Ed, we want to get the original members back? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I spoke to you about a year. It must have been like nine, eight, ten months ago. Um, Johnny probably spoke to you first. About a, a year ago. Yeah. Because we spoke about potentially doing it at festivals as a one-off thing. It, it was just one of those things. Like I, it was always going to be right to have Ed there. And I, I, don't know, I just want to do more stuff with Ed after this. It's just, in my head, it, it, it is Ed's band more than it's mine. Mm. Um, there's three albums as an EP. I've done an EP and a single. And um, it's the, the fans love you, man. And I think what it is is... We've had a number, there's been a number of people in the band over the years, and it's, it's just our band. It's not like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean, but yeah, you are a big part of it. And it, doing these shows with you is, is like, is going to be not, awesome, not just awesome for me, but awesome for everybody that's involved and the fans are going to literally cheers all over the place. <laughs> it's going to be wet, wet floor signs everywhere. <laughs> <laughs>
And Ed, when you were when you were asked, was it kind of a bit of a, a no-brainer to say yes? Uh, I mean, Johnny had been mentioning it for a while, and then he sort of said it, and Paul said it as well. And it was I did have to go away and think about it, not for ages, but for a little bit, just because it's it's daunting, it's scary. Yeah. When you haven't done something for that long, you have to commit to be able to get yourself back into sort of just the abilities that you may have had in the past. Mm. I'm not saying that in any way that have been like an amazing moment, but I have to at least get to a point where it's not, I, I don't want to be the guy that comes back to like, I'm like, shit now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you have to, you have to, yeah, and that, that was what was worrying me at first, like, what if? Yeah. Enough, it's nothing to do, but... I mean, the second I worry, like, I think even when I was, starting to think about music after like Arusha went on hiatus it was just the same it's like I, I don't know if I've got it in me anymore like to, to write to play I don't know I, I'm not like the most outrageously I don't know chassis front man especially on stage I don't like talking too much and it's it's completely at odds with me I, I can't stand up in a meeting at work and, and present anything it just does isn't me so coming back to it it's, it's tough I totally yeah. feel, feel that man it's um, it's not easy and it's a quite a demanding band to sing. I, I, like, I don't think it's a lot of people which don't necessarily get that. But I mean, Paul can contest these some of these songs as well. It's not easy. Yeah. No, then it, it's really good that we're splitting them up because there's no way I'd be able to do every single line as well. I mean, it, it's, it's breathless. Like, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's insane. Had me written Why did you write this album? <laughs> <laughs> sound so good the guys had a practice before we came into the studio um so that was maybe like three weeks ago four weeks ago and it, yeah. So, yeah. I, I think it's good for them to get that under their belts and sort of reacquaint themselves with the songs because we can do it offline a bit more but when you get the whole sound together it's just it's really cool mm. if, if, if devil have ever had one thing going for them it, it, it's that when we're going it sounds a little bit like jumping off it's ridiculous. Mm. It's well good. It's like a freight train. <laughs> yeah, um, and that's kind of something else that, because I've I've had the pleasure of seeing you guys quite a few times, and something that is keeps kind of bringing me back and others back is obviously the, your live performance. And as you say, when things all come together, it just sounds absolutely massive. So, so I know some of the venues that you're playing on this tour are kind of. A, sl- slightly bigger than than that I've seen you in before. So, yeah. have you kind of thought about how you're going? Because I know one thing that you used a lot was obviously strobe and things like that. So, have you kind of talked about stage aesthetics and things like that already? Yeah. So uh, we got our lighting guy Tom Campbell is working on some stuff. Uh, he's ridiculous. I mean, he does like uh, Bullet from Valentine and While She Sleeps and massive, massive acts like KTB. He is just skill. He's got so many skills, and he's working on that. So that's going to be it. Basically, Avis makes us sound good. Our sound guy, Tom, makes us look good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's it's going to be great. And uh, Jaeger have helped out with some stuff as well. So that's going to be kind of cool to have um, some yeah, on the stage for them. Just trying to put up the stops a bit. I mean, we're not going as far as any like ridiculous stage proctor and yeah or anything, but we're going to try and make it look and sound the best as it? i mean just put it this way 
every bit of every penny we're getting from our guarantee is going into the shows. We're yeah. not making money from it personally. Yeah, yeah. The figures have like, been, like about thirty quid every minute, I think. Yeah, no, no, it's gone on agent fees. It's like we're, oh, minus, we're minus 20 pounds. <laughs> so we need to sell some t-shirts. <laughs> and over the, the time, obviously, like, Ed, when you were in the band originally and Paul, since you've sort of taken taken the reins, so to say, are there any songs from A Fragile Hope that have never been played live at all? Uh, don't know. The full version of Between Two Worlds, that would be the first time we played that live. Because mm. we always did the single edit, which is a bit snappier, which is always good, good live. But I guess if you're doing a, an album playthrough, you have to, you can't, you can't take any shortcuts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know any difference, so it sounds totally cool to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't even, I think it's on the video, isn't it? There's a, a yeah, idea, so, that's so I haven't even, I haven't checked that one out. Um, so... Well, I'm not going to do it because it would just make me think it's going to be that long. <laughs> I'm sure that. But yeah. The funny thing is, because for years we just thought, oh, we can't, we can't play this live. We play it at Brexit. It's just a bit, a bit long, this one. Yeah. Um, but actually, having played it at Brexit, didn't feel overly long. So it works. It's a good breather for me and Paul, at least. Anyway. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's a like, time where we have a sip of the beer and just drink. <laughs> or, or water, or whatever. I don't know. We'll see. See, see how we get on. Um, yeah. And another thing that obviously you've done, you've done for this, uh, for the anniversary, is obviously put the, the record onto onto vinyl. So was that cho- a choice through your guys, or was it something that the label wanted to do to celebrate? Uh, it was something we had to, like, we kind of, basically been amazing with it um but we did have to kind of put the idea into their heads for it and um you, you can't just a label won't necessarily come forward and say we want to spend a ton of money on producing a vinyl yeah of course um, in a limited batch so we're probably gonna make a little bit of money from it if that um so you, you have to kind of sell it to them like we do a we do a, a tour with it we do the vinyl and it's coming out for it, um, Record Store Day, although I don't know if we can talk about that. I'm not sure what the deal is with Record Store Day, and it sounds like there's some real nuances in there that are uh, a bit I was yeah, going to say, I think it's I think it's knowledge that it is coming out then, unless I've just been yeah. really good at my job and found it. No, no it's on. It's on <laughs> I mean, we put it out when we first announced the tour. It's on the little video clip, and then we've had loads of people going, "Great about the tour. What about the vinyl? Are you doing the vinyl?" It's like, "Did you watch the video?" <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's happening. Should like, um, you actually do a vinyl? Oh really? yeah, 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 really, yeah. Oh, we've been talking about that. You boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it it is happening, um, and it's a record day release, record store day release. Um, so it's. You know, I think there's some rules with that that we're kind of broken already. Yeah. Um, but it it's something we really wanted to do. I, I mean, Lex put so much effort into it. I'm going to say a lot of it's been down to him. He's sorted out all the, the sleeve work, uh, kind of went through all the production stuff with the guys. And to, the, to, to be fair, like, I mean, it's an album that was came out before he was in the band. And it's, um, well, it was, he just joined when that came out. Yeah. So it, he's, Fair play to him. He's he's done done us pretty, really proud with like what he's put into it. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of going to go a little bit off topic now, just to, rather than just talk purely about the album. But as, I want to kind of talk about you as a band as a whole. So, 
Ed, obviously, it was four years ago when when you left. So this kind of aimed a kind of double barrel question. So when you left, what I'm guessing everything was kind of left on on good terms because otherwise you wouldn't be where we are now. Um, but did you kind of encourage the guys to to carry on? And for for Paul, how did you end up becoming part of the band? And was it quite daunting to step into Ed's shoes almost? There was definitely some disagreements about how to take the band forwards, which is why I ended up buying Wave, because I couldn't put 100% into yeah. touring life anymore. I was, you know, late 20s, living with parents, no money, it's hard. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, I don't know, it's just kind of something that happened. It happened really quickly. Um, yeah, it was, it was mad. So the whole whole thing, I mean, I I remember when I I got a text from Joe when I was out for dinner with some friends saying, what are you doing band-wise? I was kind of like, this is starting a new band. Like, I couldn't really believe that like it was, you know, what was happening was happening. Um, and I've spoken to you about it, said, haven't I? I mean, we, we said, I think, you look at where we are now as a band and we're doing very minimal touring and stuff and, it's, it's one of those awkward things. It's like, it, it really didn't need to happen. And I, in some ways, I shouldn't really be here right now. <laughs> no, no, that's honest. And it's, um, it's, that's not a joke. It's it's just that we, we spoke about it. I spoke to, I remember sending messages to the guys before I came to the practice, just saying, the original practice, the first one I came to, just saying, are you, are you sure this isn't something you guys should, can't resolve? Yeah. I didn't want to, um, I didn't feel, it didn't feel like it was, as straightforward as it should have been yeah so but it, it's not an easy thing to talk about at all and um like i say johnny me and ed have spoken about it like when we went around to do the lyric stuff i chat to ed about it um it, it was really daunting stepping into Ed's shoes definitely like i mean I, I remember the first show i was getting i had people shouting at me genuinely shouting at me like you're the imposter you're an what? imposter no and it's way. Like, yeah for serious like um that's mental like, and just it's been it's been tough I mean, you've had it tough as well Adam, and we've spoken about that and like, yeah. stuff, social media isn't a friend to anybody in no, any situation and it's always like you know i get oh a video of ours would come up a new one that say say we did a reckoning or say we did like time or something and those are meant to be really positive moments for you as a, a person in the band and if you get something, it's always the negative comment. And as much as I, I appreciate people have strong feelings about stuff, it's just just keep it to yourself sometimes. And well, just don't um, be mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, Paul's had a lot of this, and I've had a lot of this when I first started the band. I was getting a load of similar comments from Devil's Old Band, Makimoto. Mm. It's just, it's just, it's really demoralising and emotionally just not. Fun. People forget that people in bands are people. Yeah. They think you're just like some product that they can just give a shit at. Yeah. We're, we're human beings, you know? It's just, you think about it like we're just guys in, guys that like to write music and hang out. We're not some like bulletproof. Well, <laughs> um, actually, knowing everyone in the band, we're all quite sort of shy, retiring people. And mm. have, have people giving you shit like that is just really. 
it's hard. It's tough. I mean, I've got, I've got to admit, I've, been, I've grown a bit more of a thicker, a lot of, lot more of a thicker skin over the last um, sort of four years. But there's been some. It's it's not been easy to accept sort of criticism. I just wanted to like jump down the, the computer and beat the shit out of them. Yeah. But <laughs> but then sometimes that's probably not the answer. So, no, uh, no. You know, swings around about. <laughs> And Maybe I will do someday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and kind of with with the way that the band's kind of progressed, and obviously you're still here today, kind of thing. But we we've mentioned it previously that the music that you guys produce is not kind of the typical sort of metalcore or whatever that was necessarily around in in the time that you first started coming about. So why do you think that? the music that you've written has kind of stood the test of time almost. And the, the fact that you are doing this 10 year anniversary show and that people are super psyched for it. And that really are like, for instance, the London show is pretty much sold out that they're so excited to come out to it. I, I just don't think we've had about 20 trends. We've just written what we wanted to hear. People like that. And that's really yeah. I definitely agree with that. It's, um, it's never, I mean, every album, you look at it, it's kind of like, it's progressed because the band's changed the sound slightly, but not massively, in their, in their own right, without going, oh, I want to be like that band, I want to be like that band, um, I'm going to go and copy some riffs from that band. It's just been, just Devil's Own Soul, they forged their own sound. Yeah. Like back then, it's still present now. It's it's unique. Um, you've got other bands that come around in recent years that kind of, maybe use us as an influence rather than the other way around and that's 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 real humbling really humbling i guess but it's you know they've kept the fans because it's been like like it says they haven't bowed to any trends and there's a lot to be said about a group of people that do that stubborn (laughs) i think kind of our crowd is reflected by the fact that we've just done, we've, we've never had massive crowds because when you write music for yourself, you don't necessarily draw in yeah. most of our people, I think, but we have got a bunch of people who are really quite loyal. Mm. You have ne- nearly played to like massive crowds, so Ramstein tour, um, <laughs> yeah. cancelled a few days beforehand, yeah. Yeah, we had, we had the Dillinger tour, that got yeah. cancelled a few days after we announced it, that was uh, probably the most depressing moment of my life. <laughs> With favourite bands giving us a tour and then getting it taken away. Like, yeah. <laughs> that is classic devil luck. There's so many bits and pieces that we get offered and we just get pulled away. And then we were on the on the motorway to go play with Papa Roach or anything, and then we got cancelled on the way to it. Oh, so, no like, way! <laughs> that's, that's so bullshit. <laughs> I mean, the Ramstein one was amazing. Was it like they chose to have a DJ instead? And I guess I do with PA and desk. Yeah, it was. It was really. It was when we did Darkness Prevails and we got offered this like Ramstein arena. So it was like five shows or something. And about two days beforehand, they turned around and said, "Right, you need your own PA system and lighting rig." And we just had turned and said, "We can't do that." Yeah. So, well, we can't blame them. They just had a DJ. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so ridiculous. Yeah, we just, I mean, we go through like booking agents and management and 
everybody like it's no tomorrow just because i don't know like they kind of i guess we just don't get we just don't have a lot of luck and, and that's a terrible thing just to say oh it's only because of luck. it's i'm sort of some of our own making as well there's a yeah. lot of stuff in there that our communication at times is terrible but um, <laughs> so bad and we're like you know we don't we don't bicker loads like some bands but when we do yeah um it's it's just one of those things but hey that's that's life well i was gonna say like as you say some of these opportunities and you said it's kind of devil sort of soul's luck but in a way do you think that's kind of led itself to an advantage that as you say you have kind of made this niche and as you say you haven't kind of prolifically toured for for a while but to come back, but like to to come back and do obviously that this tour now, that your name is still so so distinguishable that people as soon as that that tour was announced, there was a massive buzz. So, do you think that's kind of worked oh, in your yeah. advantage? It's, I hope so. I mean, there's there's a couple of things with it. It's like, well, okay, we we really struggle to get good support slots. And that's always been the, the thing for us. It's um, you can you can play as many head show, headline shows as you like, but if you want to step up your fan base, you have to play support slots. Yeah. Um, and we yeah. just never never get them. Yeah. We're always too. We're not enough of one thing. We're not enough of the other, and we we have, we're hard to peg into any kind of. Yeah. We always. We so, like people don't really know what to do with us in terms of when we get pitched for a tour. They're like. <laughs> yeah. really but I mean, we did do that under F tour once, and that was amazing. That was fun to play about that. But in general, it's kind of we've just gone out on our own, and it's kind of how it's always been, really. Yeah. I mean, trust me, it'd be it'd be great to be playing Brixton Academy with this tour. Um, and <laughs> if we could sell that out, like it's not like we go now. Nah, we're, we're doing a dome at Tuffle Park instead. Not not dissing that venue because it's gonna be cool. But um, you know what I mean? It's like it's. We we play to the size crowds that we can. Yeah, um, it's it's not necessarily out of choice, but we're really happy that people turn up to shows. Full stop. It's it's just great. Yeah. The fact that everyone's interested. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and with with the with the tour itself, obviously, London being the last date was the was the routing sort of consciously chosen that London would be the last show. Um, it's mainly just. Anything that's planned is just the fact that it's on weekends. Okay. Because we're all working. Yeah. Usually, usually get like a, a tour routing will end up in London on the first day because of press. And no offense to press, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's about the fans. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, no. If we can give them a weekend to come to watch the show, we'd rather do that than have 50 guys from the press take up uh, or maybe not even turn up to a show. You know, and that's like, it's. Um, We've given a lot to press, and the press have given a lot back to us over the years. But this is purely for the fans. This this uh, tour, and that's um, that's why weekends are important for us to get the most people to the shows, and everyone to just have have a good time and not worry about work the next day. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, yeah. <laughs> kind of to to round things off in it in a way. If you can both pick one song from the album that you're really looking forward to playing, which song would it be? Um, what's the first one? 
Yeah. <laughs> it is a killer intro, to be fair. I really like Coroner, I reckon, because uh, it, it gets so good. <laughs> it sounded so good in the studio. It's like an earthquake, yeah. Yeah, it's wicked. And when I get my scream sorted out, um, it doesn't sound like such a strangled turkey, it's going to sound sick. It'll be good. It'll be good, man. I, honestly, like, I, I struggled with it. I, it was at the end, and I had a really dry voice. It was, <laughs> it was hurting. I feel like I have to in some ways not sing more than you but I sing everything because I just feel like I need to get my voice in shape big time um, and I've got I've got other stuff like studio stuff going on in a couple of weeks with Arusha so it's if I don't go in there without like my voice in, in tune in, not in tune in, um, <laughs> it's, you know, and that would help as well just smack the auto tune on um, yeah just be screwing it up so I better yeah. that's a question in hand <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> that sounds alright I thought it was going to be amazing yeah that's, that's probably like the one song that's always been consistent from day one through to now that yeah. basically gets an error it's never not been in the set since, um, since like four years ago and it's um, it's kind of yeah it's always been one that everybody knows the words because it's not there's not many to it and yeah. also it's like such an anthem yeah, it's it's all it's really good live, always good live, and the crowd tend to sing it all for us, which is another added bonus. Another bonus. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is kind of more for from my a fan point of view, the fan and me point of view. So obviously, a fragile hope was kind of one of the albums that I listened to sort of constantly throughout sort of tail end of college early university but where are you from Portsmouth Portsmouth yeah so what shows would you have come to Southampton sorry so what shows would you have come to back then Southampton yeah Southampton like you played the Devil's Roadshow a couple of times in Portsmouth which I saw you at and a couple of shows yeah um... (laughs) wow Um, yeah, and like, um, I think it's like, like shows that like the, um, not the Brook, uh, like the Talking Heads in Southampton oh, yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously the first EP was kind of what got me into you guys. Um, so is there kind of ever going to be like a revisiting of that at all? Has there been talks that potentially well, play? Pro- Sorry. Well, in terms of playing those songs. Yeah. So we we did toy with like it's your last for these shows. Um, I was going to say that's the that's the song that I want to hear. Like that's 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 my that's the song I love. It's it, it's yeah. I don't know. We we thought we've talked about it. It might happen. I'm not. We haven't decided 100. percent Yeah, we. Like, although we kind of sort of have. <laughs> <laughs> but we, it's also not 100 percent set. No, no. So it, it's but, a chance, but it's not. I wouldn't say it's a, a a big one at the moment. Yeah. Um. So we we were thinking about darkness prevails as the track as well. Uh, we did that on our last the last tour. I think we did, and that was just so much fun to do it. it was, I mean, it's first time I'd done it personally. In the last tour, full stop, full stop. But the guys, it's great to see Johnny and Rick and everyone having a good time as well. Yeah. Because um, 
it's not just about vocals. Well, it's still, oh, actually, it is just about vocals. <laughs> um, but no, it's that was really great to put back in the set, and it got a lot of appreciation from a lot of older fans. So there's it, a chance. I, I, I don't know if it will end up in there. Yeah. We played a couple of songs, and we were... It was like the best two songs that we've ever played. It was sort of... Yeah. It's these two songs, it's this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to tell you which songs they are, but it's just, this is the, it just feels amazing. Yeah, it's going to be so good. That's cool. <laughs> like you get that feeling when you're playing it, it's like, we've got to play these. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have to. Cool. Right, guys, thank you very much for, for your time this evening. So, no sorry if no, I ran on a bit, too, bit late, no, but... I hope the tour goes well and I'm planning on Cheers, seeing you guys man. in London so really looking forward to it. Thanks, well hopefully see you there dude and I appreciate your time and the really good questions as well not not yeah. the usual stock stuff which is nice to hear. So, uh, <laughs> Cheers well man. Alright, take it easy guys. Cheers. folks thanks again to ed and paul for taking the time to talk to me um and just being the nicest guys that really kind of put me at ease because I'm, go- I'm gonna be honest i was a little bit nervous going into this one but no really put me at ease and once we got going really nice guys um and again thanks to the guys I already had for for setting everything up couldn't have done it without you uh, uh as mentioned in the chat with ed and paul uh a Fragile Hope will be coming out on a special Record Store Day release, uh, which will be available on Re- Record Store Day, which will be April 22nd. Um, as for the anniversary tour itself, that's starting on April 14th uh, in Glasgow, followed by shows in Nottingham, Bristol and London. Uh, you can keep up with everything that the band's doing on social media, as always. Um, on Facebook, it's forward slash Devil Soul to Soul, all one word. Uh, on Twitter, it's at D underscore S underscore H underscore S. Uh, and on Instagram, it's DSHS underscore official. Um, and as always, you can keep up with whatever we're doing on the podcast or whatever we're doing, watching wrestling, going to shows, yada, yada, yada. Uh, on Twitter, which is just underscore and underscore insight, I use the hashtag jai pod if you want to get involved in the conversations um or you can get in touch with us directly via email which is just underscore and underscore insight at homeo.co.uk uh next week is going to be a bit of a double header um as we are deep in the heart of wrestlemania season um so we're going to be having not one but two wrestling roundtable episodes for next week uh going to be doing one uh on the nxt takeover show which is happening on saturday so i'm hoping to get that episode live on the sunday um and then we will have the ultimate thrill ride itself which is wrestlemania uh obviously the big show is happening on sunday uh going to be doing the chat with the guys on the monday so that show will go out on the normal tuesday slot if you're interested um and as always with all the wrestling roundtables love to kind of hear your views of of the events um we'll potentially be live tweeting them so get involved with it that way again use the hashtag jaa pod um and i can pick up your tweets and so on and so forth that way but for now ladies and gentlemen uh thanks again for stopping by and i will see you soon (laughs) 